Good morning. Christmas is just around the corner. As I told you before, best month of the year, December, so I hope you're enjoying it so far. We've been looking at a, at a few different uh, themes so far in this Advent series. We looked at love, and last week we looked at peace, and today we're going to look at hope. Somebody asked me last week, Daniel, what's, the f- what's your favorite thing that you like to preach on? And it didn't take me a second to think. And I told them, hope. I love to preach on hope. But then afterwards I thought, why do I like to preach on hope? And I think because I'm such a hopeless case that I enjoy preaching on hope because it gives me hope. So I'm probably going to be preaching this message to myself. And you all can listen in. And hopefully there will be something that you can get out of this as well. So we're looking at hope and we're looking at how Jesus came into this world to bring us hope. And hope is such a powerful thing. And something that we should always uh, preserve and have in our lives. Timothy Keller illustrates hope in this way. He says, you can, you, can, you can talk about hope and the power of hope by looking at two people working in a factory. Now, if you had two people that were hired to do a job, and it could be a very simple job of just taking one thing and another thing and screwing them together. And if you took these two people, you put them in the same room under the same working conditions under the same temperature, under the same hours, and you told them to do this day in, day out, 40 hours a week, this is their job, right, to screw these two things together. You told one guy, you're going to be paid $1,000 a year for this job. And you told the other guy, you're going to be paid $10 million a year, right? So you got two guys, they're working, right? So then lunchtime rolls around, these two guys, they go into the, into the lunchroom and they start their lunch. And the guy that's the first guy that's only being paid $1,000 for the year, he says, man, this work is so tedious. This work is so boring. I don't know if I can make it for the whole year. And he asks the other guy, what, what do you think about this, this kind of work? The other guy who's getting paid $10 million for the year, he looks back at him and he says, man, I really love this job. You know, I'm really looking forward to the rest of the year. What's the difference between the two? Hope, basically. The expectation of receiving something at the end. Exact same job, exact same working conditions, exact same thing that they're doing. But the difference is what they hope to get at the end. That's the power of hope in how you deal with situations. And so Jesus came into this world to bring us hope, but Jesus is also the fulfillment of hope in our lives. And uh, in this Christmas story, uh, it's interesting because there's one, one character in this Christmas story that sometimes is overlooked. Sometimes you read about him in Luke chapter 2. Sometimes you just sort of skim over him. But this man that I'd like to sort of emphasize today because he is underemphasized, I think, I think is one of the most significant persons in this Christmas story because out of all the people in the Christmas story, this one man really knew what was going on. This one man actually heard from the Lord, was moved by the Spirit of God, and was waiting for hope to be fulfilled. Now, there's other people in this Christmas story, like Mary. She needed an angel to come and appear to her and announce to her, hey, look, this is what I'm doing. The wise men needed to see this bright, shining star to be able to say, hey, something is going on, right? And the shepherds out in the field, they needed a chorus of angels to come and say, hello, this is what's going on. 
But this one man in this Christmas story didn't need any of those things because he was in tune with the Lord. Anyone know who I'm talking about? Simeon, I heard it. Simeon, in, in, in the Gospel of Luke in chapter 2, we read about, read about Simeon, and this man was really in tune with what was going on. And he had a hope to see Jesus. And what I'd like to look at this morning is just to be able to see how Simeon did certain things that helped to see this hope fulfilled. He didn't just waste the time away, but he was busy doing certain things, and finally hope was fulfilled in his life. I'm going to read to you from Luke chapter 2, from verse 25 to 35. It says, At that time there was a man in Jerusalem named Simeon. He was a righteous and devout and was eagerly waiting for the Messiah to come and rescue Israel. The Holy Spirit was upon him and had revealed to him that he would not die until he had seen the Lord's Messiah. That day the Spirit led him to the temple. So when Mary and Joseph came to present the baby Jesus to the Lord as the law required, Simeon was there. He took the child in his arms and praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, now let your servant die in peace, as you have promised. I have seen your salvation, which you have prepared for all people. He is a light to reveal God to the nations, and he is the glory of your people Israel. Jesus' parents were amazed at what was being said about him. Then Simeon blessed them, and he said to Mary, the baby's mother, this child is destined to cause many in Israel to fall and many others to rise. He has been sent as a sign from God, but many will oppose him. As a result, the deepest thoughts of many hearts will be revealed, and a sword will pierce your very soul. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this opportunity to celebrate Advent, to talk about hope, such an amazing theme. Thank you because you give us hope. And as we look at a few aspects of hope this morning, Lord, I pray that you would inspire us, that you would speak to us, and that you would change us as well. Thank you for this awesome Christmas season, Lord, when we can just think about you and what you've done for us, and we can celebrate with friends and family. I pray for those that are hurting Pray for those that are going through struggles and difficulties that you would be their hope today. In Jesus' name, amen. So I want to look at four different things, as you can see on the, in, the, in the graphic in front of you. Hope takes time. Hope takes commitment. Hope takes action. And also hope takes faith. And all, all these four things we can see in the life of Simeon, and I think it's something that we also need to do. Now again, I, as I told you, Simeon was really in tune to the Lord. He knew what was going on. Mary needed an angel. The shepherds needed a whole bunch of angels, right? And the wise men needed a big star to say, hello, you know, I'm trying to talk to you about something going on here. But Simeon, he was moved by the Spirit of the Lord. And we see how hope was fulfilled in the life of Simeon. So the first thing we're going to look at is that hope takes time. All of us want our desires, all of us want our wishes and our dreams to be fulfilled today or tomorrow, right? We all have prayer requests or thoughts and say, Lord, if you could just do this for me today. Actually, it's probably not for today or tomorrow. It was probably for yesterday or, the year, or a year ago that we wished these things would have been fulfilled. And Simeon was promised that he would not die until he saw the Lord's Messiah, so maybe year after year, he would go into the temple and he might have thought, maybe this year, maybe month after month, he would have gone into the temple and he would have thought, maybe this month. 
Day after day, he might have gone to the temple and he thought, maybe today. In Luke chapter 2 and verse 25, it says, At that time, there was a man in Jerusalem named Simeon. He was righteous and devout and was eagerly waiting for the Messiah to come and rescue Israel. What are we eagerly waiting for today? What is your eager expectation? What is your hope today? Simeon was waiting for hope to come. He was waiting for Jesus to arrive. But hope takes time. He waited for years and years. Israel waited for years and years. And finally, Jesus arrived. And for all of us living today, we know that Jesus has arrived. Jesus has come. But maybe there's other things in our life that we're waiting for, that we're hoping in, that we want to see take place. In the book of Romans, in chapter uh, 8, And verses 24 and 25, we read these verses that says, but hope that is seen is no hope at all. Who hopes for what they already have? But if we hope for what we do not yet have, what do we do? We wait for it patiently. We wait for it patiently. There's another lady in this story of the the Christmas story named Anna. And Anna was was a woman who prayed. She she got married and then she lived with her husband, the Bible says, for about seven years. And then after that, she became a widow and she lived after that for decades in the temple, fasting and praying, fasting and praying. And so she would come to the temple. She would fast and pray and wait, fast and pray and wait, fast and pray and wait until the day came when hope arrived, when Jesus came into the temple with his parents. And she saw Jesus and she spoke to all the people around there saying, talking about this baby and saying, this is redemption in Israel. Have you prayed for something maybe for years or months or decades? Have you fasted and prayed for something? Have you waited and you're still hoping today? Well, Anna prayed for decades. So don't lose hope because hope takes time. Hope takes time. Keep hoping and keep waiting. When you think about the wise men as well that came from the east They would have traveled probably for a couple of years until they finally got to Jesus. From the time they saw the star and they had to actually travel to to meet Jesus, they could have got discouraged on the way. They could have said, why are we traveling for so long? It's taking a long time to see this baby Jesus. We should probably head back home, right? It wasn't like for us today, we can get on a plane and boom, we're in Israel in in a few hours. No, they traveled for a long time. Don't get weary in waiting. Because hope takes time. Do you feel like you're waiting a long time today? Are you feeling today like, Lord, when are you going to fulfill your promise towards me? Lord, when am I going to see the deliverance and the help that I'm waiting for? When am I going to see the provision? When am I going to see the answer that I'm waiting for? Let me tell you, friends, that hope takes time. See it in the life of Simeon. He waited. But finally, hope came in the person of Jesus. And Simeon rejoiced and praised God. Christ has come into this world and we celebrate him during this Christmas time because hope has come. Hope has arrived and we can thank God and we can say we have hope in Jesus today. But maybe there's something more that you're still waiting for. Jesus is our hope and we can rejoice in him. But we need to wait as well for that final fulfillment, for that the Bible talks about the redemption of our body, that final day when we will be with Jesus forever and ever, when sadness and sorrow and tears will be no more. And we're waiting for that. In, in Romans chapter uh, 15 and verse 4, it says, and the scriptures give us hope and encouragement as we wait patiently. Wait patiently for God's promises to be fulfilled. So hope takes time. 
Okay? The second thing that we see in the life of Simeon is that hope takes commitment. Right? Now, you might not like this. You're like, oh, what do you mean commitment? Well, hope takes commitment. If you look at the life of Simeon, Simeon was committed. He was dedicated. He lived a godly life. We see that when for hope to be fulfilled, we see that there was a commitment. There was a dedication. There was a, a perseverance on the, on the, on the part of, of Simeon. Simeon lived a godly life, and because of that, he was moved by the Spirit of God. Again, we see a difference here in Simeon because Simeon didn't need a big angel telling him, hey, look, this is what's happening. Simeon didn't need a star from heaven to say, hey, this is what's happening, but he was moved by the Spirit of God. He was in tune to the Spirit of God and in tune to what God was doing. In Luke chapter 2 and verse 25, we, we saw this verse, but it says here that he was a righteous and a devout man, dedicated man, committed man. We see as hope is working in our life, as we're waiting to see that fulfillment of hope, it's not that we just wait then, we just twiddle our thumbs and, okay, we're waiting for for something to happen. No, Simeon was waiting for the fulfillment of hope. He was waiting for hope to arrive. He was waiting to see the Messiah. He was waiting to see Jesus. But in the meantime, God was working in his character. God was working in his life, and he was a committed, devout, and righteous person. In Romans chapter 5 and verse 3 to 5, we see how hope works in our life because it says, here we can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials for we know that they help us to develop endurance and endurance develops strength of character and character strengthens our confident hope of salvation and this hope will not lead to disappointment see there's a progression here we, have, we know that we'll go through problems and trials, and that'll help us to develop endurance. And endurance helps us to develop character, and character helps us to have confident hope in God. So as we're hoping and as we're waiting, God is doing something in us. As Simeon was waiting for hope to be fulfilled, as Simeon was waiting to see the Messiah, God was working in his life, and he lived a very devout and righteous life. So don't just hope and say, God... I hope for that raise in my job or I hope for this to happen or I hope for that to happen. And in the meantime, we're not doing anything. I hope for this healing to take place. I hope for this provision in my family. I hope for this and I hope for that. And Jesus is our hope and we can take confidence and trust in him. But as we are waiting as well, God is working in our life. Let our character be developed. Hebrews chapter 6 And verse 10 and 12, 10 to 12, it says, God is not unjust. He will not forget your work of love. You have shown him as you have helped his people and continue to help them. Thank God for so many, so many of you that labored and helped this past week with hampers of hope. But here he says, we want each of you to show the same diligence to the end. So what? So that your hope may be fully realized. We do not want you to become lazy, but imitate those who through faith and patience inherit what has been promised. Here here the apostle says, look, I don't want you to be lazy. I don't want you to just to sit back and not do anything, but I want you to be committed. I want you to endure. I want you to show that same diligence so that you can realize, fully realize that hope. We saw that hope takes time, but as hope is taking time, Let's be committed to the cause. Anna was committed to her cause of fasting and prayer. It's amazing. In in Luke 2, verse 37, it says that she never left the temple but worshipped day and night, 
fasting and praying. That's commitment. Anna was waiting to see the fulfillment. Anna was waiting to see Jesus. Anna was waiting to see the Messiah, just like Simeon was waiting. She just didn't sit around, but she was fasting and praying. And maybe we're hoping for something. Again, we know Christ is our hope. And we know that he came into this world to redeem us and to give us hope. But what are we hoping for now? And how is our character being changed in the process? How is hope bringing this change in our character as we wait and as we hope? We wait for that final redemption. Jesus came, that's Advent, the coming. We wait for his second coming as well. And in the process of waiting for that final hope, he's working in us. He's changing us. The wise men were committed as well. They were committed. They traveled for for those couple of years until they could finally see Jesus, right? And they were committed. They brought some really good gifts as well, gold and frankincense and myrrh, right? It was like they were were committed. They were like, I want to see this Jesus. We're going to give them something really good too. 1 Thessalonians chapter 1 and verse 3 talks about how it says here, we remember before our God and Father your work produced by faith, your labor prompted by love, and the last thing here is your endurance inspired by what? Hope. Is your endurance inspired by your hope? Like that first story I told you, the guy was being paid $10 million to work. Yeah, he was... He was inspired by that hope that he had, that at the end of the day, I'm going to get $10 million, even though this job is very monotonous, very, very, like, tedious. So hope takes time. Hope takes commitment, right? And then the third thing we see from the life of Simeon as well is that hope takes action. Hope takes action. Now, in, in, in talking about commitment, we're looking at how God is working in our character and in our life as we wait for the fulfillment of hope. But when we talk about how hope takes action, when we see in the life of Simeon, Simeon was in the right place at the right time. We can't just say that we have hope and just sit back and relax and say, okay, God, you're going to do everything else. No. If you look here in in Luke chapter 2 and verse 27 and 28, it says, that day the Spirit led him to the temple, led Simeon to the temple, So when Mary and Joseph came to present the baby, Jesus, to the Lord, as the law required, who was there? Simeon was there. Now, what if Simeon decided, I'm really tired today. I'm going to sleep in. What would have happened? All that time waiting for hope to be fulfilled. All that time waiting for hope to arrive. All that time waiting to see the Messiah. And that one day, man, he slept in. Stayed up watching Netflix too long and just <laughs> slept in. Simeon was moved by the Spirit. It says here, that day the Spirit led him to the temple. Another translation says, he was moved by the Spirit. See, Simeon took action. He didn't just sit back and say, you know, whatever happens, happens. No, he took action. And God wants us to be in the right place at the right time when, we want, when he will fulfill that hope that we have as well. What are you hoping for today? Maybe you're like, oh, I really need a better job. Well, what are you doing about that? Sitting back at home and doing nothing and thinking, oh, God is going to drop that job right in front of me. No, we have to do something as well. Maybe, if, maybe there's somebody in your life that you're, you really want to see 
changed or transformed, and, and you're thinking, oh, I wish you know, I could share the gospel with them. And you're just thinking, well, I hope somebody else does it. Well, we're here at Christmas. Maybe it's the time to give them an invite. Maybe it's the time to talk to them about the Lord. Maybe you're here today and you're thinking, I don't know about Jesus and hope. I don't know how much hope Jesus can bring. And maybe you're thinking, oh, I don't know who this Jesus really is and what difference he can make in my life. I want to I ask you today, can your hope take action? There'll be people here after the service that would love to pray with you. Would you take that step to say, oh, let me see if my hope can be fulfilled in Jesus. We're starting an Alpha course in January. Maybe it's to take that step of action. Maybe to say, well, I'm going to go and explore the Christian faith. I'm going to do something. You know, there's a story in the book of Daniel. In the book of Daniel, we read about how the children of Israel, they were in captivity. And they were in captivity for 70 years. And Jeremiah the prophet, he prophesied. And he said, after 70 years... I'm going to deliver the children of Israel out of bondage and bring them back into the land. Now, Daniel was a man of God, and Daniel was reading some of the writings of Jeremiah and the prophecies of Jeremiah. And then he read this thing to say, hey, God is going to bring back the children of Israel after 70 years. And so do you know what Daniel did? He went to his recliner, sat back, put his feet up, and said, yep, God's going to do it. Is that what he did? No. The Bible says that Daniel started to fast and pray and entreat the Lord and ask the Lord, Lord, you said you're going to do this. Lord, please do it. Hope takes action. And Simeon was moved by the Spirit of the Lord. In 1 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 10, it says, That is why we labor and strive because we have put our hope in the living God who is the Savior of all people, and especially of those who believe. Why do we labor and strive? It says here, we have put our hope in the living God. If I switch that around, it says, we have put our hope in the living God, and therefore we are laboring and striving. We're not just sitting back, but hope takes action. Anna took action, waiting in the temple. She was a widow, and she prayed. And Timothy as well, it talks about uh, widows who pray, First Timothy 5 and verse 5, it says, the widow who is really in need and left alone, what does she do? Sit back and just hope that somebody will provide for her? Oh, it says here, puts her hope in God and continues night and day to pray and ask God for help. How about in our lives? What is the action that we are taking We're waiting for hope to be fulfilled. We've seen in the Christmas story, Christ fulfills our hope. Christ is the fulfillment of hope. Christ is hope. He changes situations. He changes lives. And he's done that maybe for you and for me. But we're waiting for something more as well. We have some more hope. God, we want to see the fulfillment. Hope takes time. Hope takes commitment. Hope takes action as well. Be like Simeon. Be moved by the Spirit of the Lord. Be at the right place at the right time to see what's happening. So hope takes action. And the fourth thing here is that hope takes faith. Now I'm going to get to Simeon, but let me give you an example of Abraham because we know that Abraham is known as as a man of faith. In Romans chapter 4 and verses 18 to 20, it talks about Abraham. And it says here, against all hope, Abraham in hope believed. And so became the father of many nations. 
Yet he did not waver through unbelief regarding the promise of God, but was strengthened in his faith and gave glory to God. Hope takes faith. Anna exercised her faith by praying. She knew God was listening. The wise men needed a lot of faith to place those gifts in front of Jesus and say, this is the Messiah. But you know, the most amazing thing to me in the story of Simeon is this part here. This is the most amazing thing that I, that I think of because with Simeon, he's in the temple. Jesus comes with his parents. He sees this and he says here in Luke chapter 2 and verse 28 to 32, it says here, Simeon was there. He took the child in his arms and praised God saying, Sovereign Lord, now let your servant die in peace as you have promised I have seen your salvation, which you have prepared for all people. He is a light to reveal God to the nations, and he is the glory of your people, Israel. So Simeon comes into the temple. He sees Jesus as a little baby, and he says, Lord, now I can die. Now you can take me home to heaven because I have seen your promise. I have seen the Messiah. Lord, I'm good. Now, I don't know about you, but my prayer probably would have been a little bit different. I would have been like, Lord, this is Jesus, the Messiah. Lord, can you, you know, I'm old, Lord, but can you hold on to me for another 30 more years or so? Because I'd really like to see the fulfillment. I'd like to see the end of this story. I'd like to see what Jesus is actually going to do. You're telling me that this is the Messiah. You're telling me that he's going to redeem Israel. You're telling me that this is redemption. But I haven't seen it with my eyes. But hope takes faith. And I think this is the most amazing part in the story of Simeon is that he believed God and he trusted God and he was able to say, Lord, I see Jesus as a baby and Lord, I'm just good that you're going to take care of the rest. And I just trust, Lord, that you're going to do the rest. How about for us? Maybe we've had an experience with Christ. Maybe we've accepted Christ. Christ has made a difference in our lives, but we're still hoping and we're waiting for more. But it takes faith Dear friends, to believe that he who began the good work in our life is going to complete it. It takes faith to believe that God makes all things beautiful in his time. It takes faith to believe that he'll bring us the victory. It takes faith to believe that he'll provide for us in our time of need. It takes faith to believe that he's our refuge and strength. Hope takes faith because Simeon said, Lord, Thank you. I waited so long to see Jesus, your Messiah, and I see him. And Lord, I am content to know that I see the beginning of the story and you're going to faithfully write the rest of it. And I wonder how many times in our life does hope have faith? To trust the Lord and say, Lord, I am hoping for this. I don't see the answer. I don't see the end. But Lord, because you have promised, because you have spoken, Because you have said, Lord, I am content just to trust in you. Hope takes faith. It's not easy. Does hope have faith in our lives? Romans 15 and verse 16, it says, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you do what? 
as you trust in him, as you have faith in him, as you believe in him so that you can overflow with hope. Hope takes faith. Today, we can celebrate the Christmas story to say that Jesus has come. Jesus has arrived. Hope has come. Hope has arrived. But that's not the end of the story. Jesus coming as a baby is just the beginning. Spoiler alert, Easter coming up in a couple of months is the end of the story. But many times in our life, we're like, God, can't you just write the end of the story for me? Can't you just finish the end of the story for me? Lord, thank you for sending Jesus. Thank you that Jesus is my hope today. I rejoice in that. I thank you for that. I praise you for that. I'm happy with that. But Lord, there's just so much more that I want to see done. There's so much more that I want to see accomplished in my life and in my family and my loved ones and my workplace here, there, and everywhere in the world. Hope takes faith. I want to tell you a story. You might have seen, uh, seen the story, this guy named John Allen Chow. How many here saw this in the news recently? Headlines all over the place. All sorts of opinions of him, right? Good and bad. This guy, he was 26 years old. For those who don't know, he's 26 years old. He, he was a missionary who risked his life to take the gospel of hope to a remote, isolated tribe in the northern part of India called the Sentinelese people. Pastor Kevin, I don't think you're going there, so I think you're good. Right. But he, he, took, he took the gospel to this remote tribe, and he died. They killed him on arrival. This was an unreached people group. The Christian Missionary Alliance, they're concentrating their missionary efforts on unreached people groups. And he had taken several scouting trips before, and he told his friends about his desire to return to that place and take the gospel to that people. But last month, in November, he died. And it echoes the the testimony of some missionaries of, of ages past, like the famous missionary John Williams, who traveled the South Seas and visited one island in the South Seas, and as he landed there, the cannibals killed him and ate him. But you needed those forerunners. It echoes the stories of like Jim Elliott and his, and his friends, missionaries in Ecuador, who were killed by spears when they tried to bring the gospel. And for John Chu, his, his hope was spurred on by his faith. And even though his life was cut short, I believe his hope had faith to know that God is still doing something. God is still writing the story. But something good is going to come from this. Now, if you think about hope, hope takes time. Yeah, I mean, he died. We don't see the fulfillment of this. Hope is still in process here. What's happening? Hope is taking time. Hope takes commitment. This guy was committed. He was willing to pay with his own life. He knew the risk going there. Hope takes action. He took action. He didn't just sit back and relax. He said, there's this group of people that don't know about Jesus. I need to tell them. Hope takes faith. He trusted the Lord for that. Now, there's, there was so much feedback about this in different organizations criticizing him, saying he shouldn't have done that, uh, news outlets saying this and that. So you'll read all sorts of stuff about him. And uh, the Washington Post had this headline, Slain missionary John Cho prepared much more than we thought, but our missionaries still fools. Now, I don't know where you might stand on this, and you might think, well, that was foolish of him. Uh, When I look at it, I see that this guy had hope. And he took action on his hope. 
His hope had faith. He loved the Lord. Christ made a difference in his life. And he wanted to share that with others. Hebrews 11 and verse uh, 1, the famous chapter about faith, starts off talking about hope because it says, faith shows the reality of what we hope for. It is the evidence of things we cannot see. Worship team, you can come, come up. Faith shows the reality of what we hope for. It is the evidence of things we cannot see. Faith takes, hope takes faith. Can we trust the Lord that he's still writing the story? Can we believe in God through faith? That God, I don't see the end of this like Simeon, but I'm happy to say, Lord, you're in control. Lord, I see that you've done something. I see that you're working. I see that you're doing something here. I don't know how it's all going to take place. I don't know how it's all going to happen. We can read the story of John Cho and we can say, I don't know what, Lord, you're doing. It seems pretty crazy to me. It seems pretty foolish to me. Seems like he probably maybe should have done this or that. And you can look at it in so many different angles. But the story is not over yet. Hope is still alive. Hope is still alive. Is hope alive for you today? Jesus has arrived. Jesus is our hope. We're going to sing this song, and I just want to invite you, um, as we sing this, just to surrender your life to Christ. I just want to invite you just to surrender everything to Jesus. Because Jesus is waiting with open arms. He is our hope. He is the fulfillment of hope. And he's just waiting for us with open arms just to come to him. Come to Jesus this morning because he's our hope. Yeah. Hey.